0: All right, so look, you've been spending time getting your knowledge up, getting your skills up, and even getting your confidence up, getting the courage to really take that next step. Now, you're going to take the quiet approach. You're going to tiptoe through this stuff and just see what happens, or you're going to go big. You're going to go bold. You got to be undeniable. That's the part that really makes a mark for yourself in the world and the work you do. So let's talk about how you can do that. Okay, so here we are. It's another episode of Sketch and Release. And if you're new to the podcast, you're just picking this up, checking it out. My name is Robert. And with every episode, I'll take this time to draw something, just illustrate something kind of out of the blue off the top of my head. And maybe it relates to what I'm about to talk about. Maybe not. If you'd like to see what I'm drawing, you can catch a video of this on the Patreon, only on the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Cortez. that's me. Now, let's talk about this a little bit. What this podcast is, is not about how to, it's not about learning how to draw, learning how to do the work. It's about how the work and what you learn during your work can affect you and and can really maybe help you get better at living your best life. How about that? So here's something I want to talk about this episode. Um, When you start out, when you start with your career, you start with your creative field, whatever it is, whether it's art, whether it's design, whether it's music, writing, any of the things where you're going to be creating something, you're going to be putting your ideas and your work out into the world. And that's coming from you. It's coming from your heart, from your mind, your imagination. How do you take that on? How do you, you know, we talk about like, we talk about building confidence and learning about um, your uh, limitations and and all the things that can be uh, challenged, the things that can get in your way well once you get over that once you get past that or you find a way through it what's the approach what how do you just go at it for some people being organized is a big deal being very meticulous and being detailed and following a process that's helpful i mean that will help you in so many ways but that doesn't mean you have to be limited by that when it comes to actually creating, right? You follow your process. You, you do your thing by the way you like. But man, you got to put it down when it comes to work. You got to be able to really throw down some game. And I tell you what, at least in the visual sense, I come at things so strong. I, my, my design style and technique usually leans towards bold colors Strong shapes, you know, aggressive lines, and something really striking. Now, that's not always suitable, right? So you got to know when to do that, when to lean into it, and when to really dial it back and just be be gentle with it. It depends on the client. It might depend on the particular project. It might even depend on your audience. So that's something you have to weigh, right? You have to weigh, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? And what's the tone? What's the real tone that I want to take? And look, the way you stand out, the way you set yourself apart through your work is to be bold. It just is. You're not going to get no one's attention by being subtle. Not unless you're high profile, not unless you're way up there. You've already got eyes on you. So look, and this is the thing I have to learn doing this podcast It's taken me some time to build into a a, a different energy when I'm on the mic here. I got to be able to talk in a way that is a little heightened from how I normally would talk to someone in conversation or just, you know, in a room full of people. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know who you are. You might be your friend. You might not know me from nobody. But you got to know that I mean what I say and I believe in what I say. The point being... I can't come at you with my normal volume because then it'll sound very much like I don't care. And if I don't care, why I expect you to care. So that's why I bring a little bit more to it. And it's the same thing with anything else. Whether it's your music, your visual art, your writing, you've got to have something in it. You've got to have a, a streak. You've got to have something special about it. And, you know, that's... If, if you're going to take a subtle approach, you gotta. it's got to be so refined. It's got to be like on point. You got to really know how to walk that line between being subtle and being clean versus being boring or basic, right? I've had to do that. I've had to work on some, some projects and work with the clients where they want something simple. And simple... Simple is tricky. If you do it right, it can work and it can look good. It can really make you shine. But it is, there is a real art to it, okay? You can't just come at it and just be plain because any other, you know, and I say, look, any other artist or any other designer or creative, they'll be able to tell. They'll be able to see right through that. Oh, this this is just plain. They didn't even try on this one for most people they may not see that but they'll still know like somewhere in there like in the back of their head or somewhere the thought will cross them subconsciously that this ain't it this this ain't really cutting it this this is something's not right about this they know they don't like something or something just don't work for them but they can't tell you why and usually it's because it's just too subtle they're not picking up the nuance they're not picking up Intricacies and the, the the details that you try to work in, but you try to like sneak them in. You try to be sly with it. No, 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 no. So the <laughs> the times when I've gotten better reactions, and good or bad, is when I go at it strong. When I go at it with a very definite, very certain direction. And usually it's a it's an easy yes, no. I like it. I don't like it. Hey, that helps me. That helps them, but it helps me too. Because we at least get further down the road to getting the work that we all need, that we're all trying to get to. So in that regard, especially when you come up with like initial concepts, when you're doing like the initial phase of, what is this project? What is it gonna look like? You're kind of throwing everything on the table. Sometimes you gotta do that. You just gotta throw the big, ugly ideas big and loud and whatever they are, throw them on the table as they are. Don't worry about the refinement. Don't worry about the polish. Just get them out there and you'll get easier and better feedback or, or critiques about what it is you're doing and maybe how it works and how it doesn't work. And so at least that's been my experience is you got to go strong. You got to go hard and you can go You can go strong and hard in the wrong directions, but at least you'll find out fast. There won't be any waffling. There won't be any like, ah, well, I don't know this or that or whatever. You'll find out pretty fast if this is right or this is not right for your client, for your project, for whatever it is. So that's where I generally come at it in the sense of that first wave is going to be very strong and very definite in what it's going to look like or what it, what the approach is going to be whatever it is but then when you get further on into the project you can have some wiggle room you can you can build in that refinement stage where you you know you really kind of round out the edges and give it the polish and all that stuff but sometimes you still want to have some roughness to it some some crudeness to it it depends on the project. If you're working for a very corporate client or an audience that is expecting something very subtle and nuanced and and elegant, yeah, you can't you can't do that. There's there's other ways to build strength into something like that. But in most cases, I think, well, he says in my experience is that the strength of your visual approach, or, or again, whatever it is, your approach, the strength of that approach is gonna really set you apart. So when it comes to building in a bold sensibility and approach to your, your work, there's another line you have to think about here, and that is the line between being aggressive, And being forceful and having impact versus being hostile and being, uh, in a way, being counterproductive. Like you can go so far and so hard with it that you can actually work against yourself. You want to take it so far, you want to take it up to 11, right? You got to really, you know, push that envelope. You take it to 12 and 13, you're going to lose some people. You're going to go too far, and you're going to end up working against yourself. It reminds me, there was a time, oh, this was many years ago now, but there used to be a magazine called Raygun Magazine. And it was really one of those magazines that uh, I enjoyed. <laughs> I don't even know if I enjoyed reading it, but I certainly enjoyed looking at it. And that era, that well, I guess that was like the mid-90s, late-90s, it was a while back. But the magazine itself, the the design team, and the artists that put that together, they really caught my attention because they were so bold, so striking with their typography, with their photography, even just the layout. It was so off the wall where it became illegible. It was almost impossible to read some of it sometimes. And now, mind you, it's a publication, so you have to be able to read the articles but it's not just about the articles themselves or even the imagery, it's about the impact, the overall kind of deeper subconscious impact that you might have with it. So taking it to that level, it was important because it was was really pushing the envelope, it was really changing the form in a way, changing what people would expect out of a magazine. But for the most part, it was really a landmark magazine, and, and I'm sure there were others like it. Um, I could probably think of maybe a couple of others that really pushed the envelope in the same way. But it was the one that stuck in my head of like, wow, they're really doing some new shit over there. They're really changing it up. And, you know, maybe it goes, <laughs> there's something to be said that there haven't been many magazines after that that did the same. Then again, there haven't been many magazines after that at all. But for me personally, that was one that really set a bar for how bold you could be, how, how aggressive you could be with your approach. For those you don't know, I worked for several years as a designer and art director at New Type USA magazine. It was a licensed anime focused magazine based on uh, the original New Type from Japan. The magazine's been around for decades. All about anime culture and, and all that stuff. And, you know, to look at an issue of their magazine going back to the beginning, but certainly they're in the, what, mid 2000s, that era, they're very bold, very striking design. And just by the nature of what it was covering, anime itself is such a field, such a medium that is so far ahead. Of everything else. In terms of a visual approach and and narrative approach, it really does kind of uh, break boundaries all the time, even today. So the magazine that covers it is naturally going to try and keep up with it. It's going to match that, or at least in its own way, represent that level of going to 11, right? So when we took on the task of bringing a magazine that covered anime and and that culture to America, it really was a matter of how do we match this with American sensibilities. Um, one being, it's just a, it's a different it's a different language, so we have to reorient the way someone's gonna look at a page. Is gonna look at an article. From the original, so we have to kind of really rethink it a little bit, but at the same time, we're still working with the same type of art this bold, colorful, wild art style. In so many of the features and, and articles that were done, so we had to take uh, what you know. I came at it from a, a, a more industrial or, or corporate design background, going into this kind of magazine, it was really like just blowing the doors off, and like we're just going big. We're going hard on this one. We're going to use all the colors. We're going to use all the fonts. We're going to use all the all the type styles and everything. Well, the problem is that uh, you still have to produce something that somebody wants to look at and somebody should be able to read. And so that's where you know you want to be bold, you want to be strong, you want to come out of the gate and make your mark. But you've got to be able to exercise some control and a little bit like self-discipline you've got to be able to know when to push and when to bring it back in and you know whether it's the scope of a project maybe you've got different components like I said working for a magazine you've got pages of the magazine where we just let it loose and then other pages other sections let's say where you gotta dial it in. You gotta just focus on the words. You can't get crazy with the design or colors and all that. It's gotta focus on the content. And so you've gotta have that balance. You know, <laughs> it's funny speaking of magazines is I worked for a different magazine. This was some years later where, you know, their approach to uh, as as I joined the team and as I kind of got familiar with how they worked, their approach to doing covers Specifically, covers. I don't know why this stands out in my mind, but it just does. Working on covers, you know, if you've ever looked at a magazine, covers usually got some photo or some kind of artwork, maybe, and you've got words all over it, right? You've got your text, you've got um, the main story, the feature story for the magazine, your cover story, right? You've got maybe some uh, supporting text for other things that are in the magazine. And some magazines do this great. They manage to get so much on the cover and not have it be overwhelming. And one of the magazines that stood out to me, I don't mean to make this all a magazine episode, but just, just go with it for a second. One of the magazines that really stuck out to me, at least during that time, I don't know about today. I don't read magazines anymore, but. The one that was kind of a benchmark for me was Esquire, where they managed to get so much on the cover, so much text, like literally so many words and letters on the the cover, and yet do it in a way where it worked with, usually it was like a celebrity or some famous person or whatever on the cover, and they managed to do that with still so much wording on it and it seemed unique and it seemed strong and in your face, but it didn't seem overwhelming. It wasn't too much, or at least it wasn't to me. I thought it was pretty cool. And I even still have some issues that I've hung on to as sort of a, uh, you know, little key pieces for me to, to kind of refer to as like, that's how you do it. So working on magazines where you have to... Uh, have a cover story and you've got to have so much information because that's how you sell a magazine on a newsstand. You've got to have so much on the cover just to get someone to pick it up and flip through it. And if you've ever looked at a magazine newsstand in a bookstore or wherever, it's, it's crazy how much you can see. You go to your Barnes & Noble or whatever your big bookstore, they still got magazine newsstands and go look at everything that's there. You probably got a couple of hundred magazines, different titles on those racks. And somehow, every month, the people behind those magazines, the art directors, creative directors, whatever, they've got to find a way to stand out among all those other magazines out there. Well, look, <laughs> one approach that one of these one of these magazines I work for. Their approach was to make everything on the cover, all the words, from the biggest words to the smallest words, make them bold. Whatever the font was, we used the bold weight for everything. So look, I can't necessarily fault the reasoning behind it because I, I think it was a matter of, look, if we make this bold, people will read it or at least they will see it. And yet the logic... If you extrapolate that out into everything on on one layout, on one cover of a magazine, if you make everything bold, everything ceases to be bold. Does that make sense? If you make everything bold, none of it is bold. So that's where. I don't want to say I had to school anybody, but it's just, as I got chances and opportunities to contribute and do covers for this magazine, I was able to incorporate some of this thinking of like, you got to have a little bit of bold and a little bit of subtle. You got to have a little bit of big and a little bit of small. Not everything can be big and bold. So that was the lesson that, uh, it was actually pretty important to me. And, you know, you see it in other mediums too. You see it in music, particularly music. And, and, and you know, sometimes it's a thing that it's almost invisible. When you think about music and you think about recording a song and, and producing a song, let's say, there's so much minute detail and, and thought that goes into mixing and arranging and if you don't know about music, which, you know, hey, I know just a tiny bit about, but I know that there is a subtle thing that has to happen so that you don't have all the instruments or all the uh, elements, including vocals and everything else. You don't have them all at the same volume at the same time because it is all too loud. And nobody wants to hear that. So you have some things that are subtle in the background, some things that are off to the left, some things that are off to the right, maybe something that's kind of big and and loud and something that's kind of running underneath it all. Listen to a song. Next time you listen to something on on your stereo or in your car or whatever, listen to the individual pieces. Listen for an instrument or listen for a vocal and just see, like, is it loud? Is it quiet? Does it come out? and Does it go back in at a certain time? Not everything is loud all the time. Even if you crank the volume up, it doesn't matter. It's mixed, and it's arranged in a certain way that it's appealing, and you enjoy it, but it's not overwhelming. It's not chaos. And, and that's the important thing. That's the, the thing we're all really trying to, I think, we're trying to get right to the edge of, but we're trying to not jump over that edge. We want the chaos in our ideas, in our brains, in our minds. We want that to come out in our work in in one way or another. And maybe we get it before it gets on paper or before it gets on screen or whatever it is you do. We want to organize that chaos and really funnel it down into the elements that make sense for our work but when we just let it all out, we just vomit it all out, that's going to be a problem for everybody. Probably even for you. You may look at what you've just done and be like, why did I do this? What what part of me thought this was a good idea? Well, hey, maybe you had 10 good ideas and if you throw them all down at the same time, well, you just have a mess. It's not a matter of like just throwing it all out there and being loud and bold and and going so hard that it confuses everybody or you you confuse yourself. And you know, speaking of which, it's like there are times when I even have to think I this makes sense to me. This is good to me. Like I like this personally. I can find my own ways to build in some power and some strength to it. But when I really want to let loose, I got to do that for me. I got to do that some other time. I, the point being, I'm doing this this way, and I'm learning each time out. And I'm learning to keep it reined in, keep it to a, a kind of a safe space. And that's been different. You know, that's that's been a whole a new experience for me. And, you know, the... Previous episodes, I've talked about kind of uncovering new things and and discovering some new creative freedom and some creative forms of expression that I've gone all these years and just never really gotten to, never really gotten around to. So now I've been able to explore that more and take those extra steps further out into the ether and see what else is out there. That's what I'm doing. And there's times where I really want this to be something bigger and bolder. That may happen. Hey, we're not done yet. But for now, I'm doing it little tiny steps. We'll get there. Don't worry about it. But in the meantime, using your sensibilities to make something have impact and have strength and flow and energy and all those things, those are important. You have to develop that. You have to be bold, you have to be strong, and yet just remember there are going to be times you're going to need to pull it back. And it's not a matter of, uh, it's not a punitive thing. It's not because, well, you're not supposed to. It's a matter of finding some balance and knowing when to do it and when to not do it. It goes with everything else in life, right? But that's that's the big thing. So, one other thing I want to mention, which was kind of another discovery for me, I recently bought a new car, and if you follow my posts on uh, Instagram or whatever, you probably see I posted a picture of it. It's a hot ride. I'm not gonna lie, it's for real. And it took me a minute. It really took me a minute to to decide what I wanted to do here. I had a couple of choices. You know, I had a, a choice that was maybe a little more sensible. It was maybe a little more agreeable to the wallet and all that. But I also had a, another choice here that was a little further out there. A little more bold. A little stronger. A little more aggressive. And... You know, I think about I think about my approach to my work, and approach to my life. Which, hey, look, to be honest, I'm I'm pretty chill. I'm pretty relaxed. You, if anybody out there's listening, you know me. You know that's the truth. If you don't know me, just hey, just take it, take my word for it. I'm pretty laid back when it comes to things. But I saw this car that was this hot ass orange. And I had to go for it, I had to do it, I had to do it. You see what I'm talking about, you you will understand what I'm saying. I took a picture of that one, right next to the same exact car, that was this kind of deep kind of, you know, deep purple color. And it looked good too, don't get me wrong, it looked nice, it looked clean. The guy that was talking to me about the cars, the sales guy, he said, take a picture of these two cars side by side. Get this purple one here, get this orange one here. They will park right next to each other. Take a picture, see what you think. Maybe that'll help you decide. So I did it. I said, all right, well, that's a good idea. Let me just, let me check this out. So took a picture. <laughs> when I saw these two cars next to each other, I said, oh damn, I mean, there's no comparison here. One is a car. It's purple. The other one is a car is hot as orange now if you ever if you, if you know me if you if you're around you see my car you're gonna know it's for real it's it's a real thing but now <laughs> the choice wasn't easy because I still had to think about well, well wait a minute now I'm gonna buy this car it stands out like like nobody's business I still got to drive this thing around every day And I'm going to enjoy it, but what's that going to do? What's that going to say? You know, if you ever bought a car, you know, it says a lot about you. And at some point, I just had to say, well, wait a minute. You know what? I, I I can't worry about that. I'm not living my life for nobody else. I'm living it for me. This is what I want. This is what I feel like is me. And maybe that's not me full time. But when I'm in my car and I'm going down the highway, that is me. So that was an exercise in learning how to go bold and how to go strong and yet be reasonable about it in in some respect. So how about this? How about this? The question for this episode, for you, for anybody listening, anybody watching, question for you is, when was a moment when you had to take that bold move, even though you weren't sure how it was going to turn out, but you made it work? How about that? Somebody's got to have a thought on that. Everybody takes a bold move every once in a while. They go big, they go hard, whatever. And you're not always sure how it's going to work. And you're not always sure if it's going to make sense. But you own that. You you make that yours. Everybody's got those. Even if they're little ones. They're still, you do it. Everybody does it. So let's talk about that. All right? If you go to Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Cortez. Uh, oh, the Facebook. If you go to Facebook, facebook.com slash robertcortezart, instagram.com slash robertcortez, that's me. Go there, leave a comment. Just tell me what you think. If you understand what I'm even saying, you get what it is. Maybe you just bowl all the time. That's you. Good. Go for it. Let, let's see. Let's see what's up. Show me what's up. If you're not, if you're just like, I'm I'm still working on it. Tell us about it. Let me let me know. What do, you, what do you need? What's holding you back? Otherwise, if you want to check out the Patreon, see what I'm drawing this episode. Go check it out. Patreon.com slash Robert Cortez. I thank you and I appreciate everybody who's been checking it out. I know you're out there. Somebody's listening. So that's good. I appreciate it. I hope you're getting something out of it. And let me know what you think. I, I'm here for it. Otherwise, Until next time, keep creating.